Whether you hug the infield tires or rip the cushion, you found the fastest dirt track podcast in motorsports. Welcome to Where Legends Are Made, the official podcast of Land of Legends Raceway. Here's Stephen and Brad Ovens. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever it is that you're tuning into it here. Here's episode number five of Where Legends Are Made, the official podcast of the Land of Legends Raceway. Stephen and Brad Ovens with you here for episode number five. And We've got uh, two awesome guests. Now, this past Saturday, we had double features at the Land of Legends, and we thought, well, with that theme of double features for the Modifieds and the Sprint Cars, we thought, well, why don't we have double features for our A-Main interviews this week? And we've got two great stories to share with you with, with two of our, you know, two of the nicest guys you'll meet over in the pit area at the Land of Legends. We're going to talk to Bobby Perro, and we'll talk to Gil Tag a little bit later on, but... Brad, Saturday was a very, very hectic night. However, I thought things went as well as they could have. The, the show seemed to really move right along, and we got everything in right at the uh, stroke of 11 o'clock at our curfew. And uh, I, I think the, the fans on Land of Legends TV and, and the crews and everybody uh, pit side got treated to a, a great show. Yeah, we had some fantastic racing at Land of Legends Saturday night. Double features for the big blocks and 305s, which you can never go wrong with. And a sweep from a guy who hasn't won a feature in at least a decade. Oh, it, it, it's, I'll tell you, Brad, that's, that's, uh, you, you're right on there. It was, uh, so here's the thing with Bobby Perro 21 years since his last win with the Empire Super Sprints which came back on July 14th, 1999, 7,696 days since that last win. And as far as wins at Canadagua goes, and this was something that I had to check with Tom Skabinski on, I wasn't sure if Perro had ever won at Canadagua. Well, he has. He has won at Canadagua, but it's been since 1992. So, I mean, that that even goes back even further. I mean, it just, that was, uh, that was, that was pretty darn cool. And it's one of those things that I think you'll always remember, you know, I was there the night that Bobby Perro won for the first time in 21 years. Now, mind you, you know, we say 21 years and, and a lot of that time he was stepped away from racing, but still to, to come back to the sport, and get a win, you know, with that much time gap, I, that just shows, you know, the wheel man that that guy is. Yeah, absolutely. I, I would have loved to have been a fly on the dashboard of Daryl Ruggles' 305 sprint car Saturday night as the 53 went zooming by him. Cause I'm sure his eyes had to have been as big as ours were. Absolutely. And, and Paro made the same kind of move to, to take second. And I think it was a similar move to take the race lead in the, in the makeup feature. And it was on opposite sides of the racetrack. I mean, his pass on Ruggles was in one and two, his pass in the makeup feature was three and four. It was pretty cool to see Daryl with the congratulations after the race too, because it was kind of a a tip of the cap from Daryl who let's face it has been lights out the dominant driver in, in three Oh fives. There's been quite a few drivers that have picked up wins along the way as well. His daughter being one of them, but Daryl has been, you know, a, a force in that division for, you know, as long as that division has been at Canadagua and 
it was that that was that was really cool. I mean, at, at one point, Paro looked like he was just I mean, he spins on lap one of the nightcap and then he comes back to to get Daryl and he was closing on Daryl at a rapid pace. I think what we're going to see for the rest of the season are races just like that, because now Tommy Fletcher, Bobby Perro, that whole 53 crew, that car is singing on, on all cylinders right now. And it's, I think the fans are in for a big treat here for the rest of these shows we have left. Yeah, absolutely. And then double features for the big blocks. I mean, you couldn't have gotten a better feel good story out of the big blocks with Jimmy Phelps picking up the first win of the year. Uh, dedicating that to his dad, Andy, who passed recently. And then, of course, Gil Tag, with a year that Gil Tag and the crew have had, just absolute, like the definition of roller coaster season right there. Yeah. And I think I, I told Gil Tag this, and, and the fans will hear it. The fans will hear it in, in our interview with him. I told Gil Tag, I, I felt like you know, him winning the feature. And, and you know what, Brad, I'd, I'd put Jimmy Phelps in that same category for, for those wins on Saturday night, Jimmy Phelps, Gil Tag. I don't think a lot of people in the modified pit area left all that disappointed with who won the race. Like if we can't win the race, you know what? Good for Jimmy Phelps. He's been through, you know, him and his family been through a lot here recently losing Andy. Hey, you know what? Good for Gil Tech. He hasn't won a race in four years. And this was only his fourth big block win ever that dates back to the mid nineties. So, you know, good for both of those guys. And, and that's what I felt leaving the racetrack Saturday night was, you know, I know a lot of everybody wants to win, but if you can't win, Hey, why not have a, a, a couple of feel good stories there in victory lane? Absolutely. And, you know, Phelps has been on it this year, uh, especially with us Atlanta legends, you know, I've kind of been waiting, you know, for, I called him to win a race actually earlier this season. It just didn't pan out with uh, Larry and Pat Ward and all these, all these big time guys that are coming in and racing with us. And uh, I knew it was just going to be a matter of time for Jimmy before he picked up his first win. And then, and then, like I said, Gil tag, I mean, that's just, goes to show you the type of talent that we have, that it's not going to be a super team that goes out and, and stomps and walks all over everybody that, you know, these smaller teams that are family run or personal, you know, one car teams can go out and all you have to do is roll the dice and, you know, come up sevens to be able to, to, to snooker their field, I guess we'll say. Yeah. Uh, one other note, uh, Brad, the, the, uh, the point race in the modifieds tightened up as well. And this may come to a surprise to some, it may not, you know, for, for fans of Tim Fuller, Tim Fuller is now, you know, elevated himself to second in points. He's only 16 points behind Larry white right now. So that's, that's going to be a real, real fun, uh, point race to watch the rest of the way home. and. You know, when the points came out this week, you know, I just, I thought that was interesting. Larry had his struggles, you know, still, still has been clicking off top fives, but um, right now he's, he's only got a 16 point margin on Tim Fuller, Alan Johnson, very quietly right now in third, only 24 points behind. And we've got three point shows left to go here. So really, 
you know, anything can happen. You know, heat points are going to factor in. And I think the fans are going to be in for a real treat here as, as we get ready to wrap up. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think Tim Fuller is another one of those guys that's just kind of been lurking there with the Jimmy Phelpses, the the Allen Johnsons, and just consistently always there. Land of Legends Raceway fans, tune in each and every week of the racing season to Where Legends Are Made, a podcast dedicated to covering the drama, excitement, and hear from the drivers from your favorite dirt track. Stephen Ovens and Brad Ovens walk you through the week that was Where Legends Are Made. Subscribe on Apple or Google Podcasts and visit landoflegendspodcast.com. Fans of Land of Legends Raceway and the Where Legends Are Made podcast, We've got a great opportunity for you to feature your business. We have opportunities here to sponsor where legends are made. We have all different features of the podcast. You can pick to be a sponsor of one of our heat races. Maybe you want your business name attached to the top 10 read-offs for the week. Maybe you want your business to be the one that's heard when we play our highlight of the week. Maybe you're a history buff. You want to sponsor heat with three where we talk about this week in Land of Legends Raceway history. Maybe you want to be the A main sponsor. So when we interview our main driver of the week, you want to get your business out in front of that. We've got plenty of opportunities for you to do so, and we can work inside of any budget. And believe me, if you're listening to this and you're saying, oh, I don't think my business has the advertising budget to sponsor a podcast, believe me, we can fit inside of anybody's advertising budget. Get your business a little bit of advertising here on where legends are made. Contact us right here on the Land of Legends Raceway Facebook page if you're interested and put your business in front of all of our fans where legends are made. Now it's time for this week's highlight of the week. Take it away, Brad. This week's highlight of the week for Atlanta Legends Raceway was 21 years in the making. Bobby Perro returns to racing full-time in 2020 at the Atlanta Legends driving the Tom Fletcher-owned 305 Sprint Car. Perro pulled the broom Saturday night at Atlanta Legends. Let's take a listen. Here with four to go. Oh, but Perro's got to run down to the bottom and you've got a new race leader down the back straightaway. Oh, Perro snookered him off of turn two. Coming down to the line, three laps to go and you officially have a new race leader. It's Bobby Perro. Oh my goodness. And now Ruggles is trying to fight back here for the race lead. Perro's trying to sweep the night. Two laps to go. What a run. He's given this Fletcher Racing 53. Coming on to the white flag this this time by is Bobby Perro, and he is really stretching the advantage now. Perro through turns one and two, down the back straightaway for the final time. The wings for cystic fibrosis. DC Rauscher, number 53. Get out the brooms. It's time for a clean sweep. Bobby Perro wins. Land of Legends Raceway fans, tune in each and every week of the racing season to Where Legends Are Made, a podcast dedicated to covering the drama, excitement, and hear from the drivers from your favorite dirt track. Stephen Ovens and Brad Ovens walk you through the week that was Where Legends Are Made. Subscribe on Apple or Google Podcasts and visit landoflegendspodcast.com. Fans of Land of Legends Raceway and the Where Legends Are Made podcast, We've got a great opportunity for you to feature your business. We have opportunities here to sponsor where legends are made. 
We have all different features of the podcast. You can pick to be a sponsor of one of our heat races. Maybe you want your business name attached to the top 10 read-offs for the week. Maybe you want your business to be the one that's heard when we play our highlight of the week. Maybe you're a history buff. You want to sponsor Heat with three, where we talk about this week in Land of Legends Raceway history. Maybe you want to be the A main sponsor. So when we interview our main driver of the week, you want to get your business out in front of that. We've got plenty of opportunities for you to do so, and we can work inside of any budget. And believe me, if you're listening to this and you're saying, oh, I don't think my business has the advertising budget to sponsor a podcast, believe me, we can fit inside of anybody's advertising budget. Get your business a little bit of advertising here on where legends are made. Contact us right here on the Land of Legends Raceway Facebook page if you're interested and put your business in front of all of our fans where legends are made. Whether you hug the infield tires or rip the cushion, you found the fastest dirt track podcast in motorsports. Welcome to Where Legends Are Made, the official podcast of Land of Legends Raceway. Here's Stephen and Brad Ovens. By the grace of God and 800 horsepower, it's time for the A-Main interview of the week. Our first A-Main interview is with Bobby Perro, who last won at the Land of Legends in 1992 and picked up his first checkered flag since July 14th, 1999. And our first one is uh, one that uh, that I was looking forward to. Uh, I'm, in, I'm looking forward to both of them, but as a kid growing up racing go-karts at Paradise Speedway, uh, you know, it didn't get any better than than watching Lee Sanders and Lance Young and Bobby Carrick and Bobby Perro uh, tearing up the the quarter mile at Paradise Speedway. And Bobby Perro picked up uh, just a, a huge night this past weekend, swept the features, uh, got a seat race to boot. And uh, he joins us now on where legends are made. And Bobby, uh, first off, congratulations, man. What a night you had on Saturday. Well, thanks a lot, Steve. I tell you, it, it it really makes me feel good getting this one for Tommy. Yeah. Now yeah. you, Tommy's uh, been in the sport for probably longer than I have, at least on a consistent basis, and uh, he's tried really hard, and he's always always had a car on the track, and it feels good to get him a win. Now let let's start there because that's that was one of the questions I had written down to talk to you about tonight is how this all came together with with you and Tommy teaming up. Well, Tommy and I grew up together. He lived on the next street over as kids, and we you know believe it or not, when we were younger, we used to hang out and do things as young kids. And uh, he stopped by the shop one day and just uh, he asked me if I wanted to drive, and I. I had to think about it a little bit because it's been a long time since I uh, committed to driving anything. I, I drove back in 2015 at Seals Grove for about four or five races. But other than that, for the last since I think it was 99, I haven't really consistently drove. And when he asked me, I, I thought about it and I said, oh, what the heck? It, it's close. I, I, I don't want to travel much anymore. So Canandaigua was perfect. What, um, what, what went through your mind when you went through that decision-making process of, do I want to do this? Do I not want to do this? What, what was, what was that process like? Because I, I'm sure that part of that process was, you know, yes, it's been a while. It's been 
you know, quite some time since even 2015. I mean, uh, things change so much in this sport. What, what was that decision-making process like? Well, I guess I got used to uh, having the weekends to myself and enjoying, you know, the family and doing normal things in life. And when I raced for all those years, it was a seven, seven day a week, pretty much all year round process. And uh, to commit myself back to, to doing that again and giving up pretty much every Saturday night. I mean, this year it hasn't been as much because of this, this crisis we're going through. But other than that, it, you know, previous years of racing, when you get into racing and you want to do good, you have to dedicate 100% of your time to it in order to finish good. You want good results, you got you to gotta dedicate yourself. And uh, that was a tough decision, but it, it got me to get some of my old friends back into it. My one crew guy is Mike Forty, and we've been together since, like I told you, said in the interview, uh, 12 years old. He, ran go, or he worked on my go-karts at Paradise. He went on the National Go-Kart Series with me. When I started driving for Stackus, I was 16, and he was 15. We ran Williams Grove and Seals Grove, Susquehanna. We ran two Northern Outlaw Swings together, and we're only in tenth uh, and eleventh grade. Wow, and he's been he's been with me all all the way. And then another guy that helped me a real lot throughout all the years was Charlie Doverspike. And they're both local guys, and they've traveled all over the country with me and. When I made that decision, they both decided to come on board too and help. So it's it's been each week we've been getting a little bit quicker and quicker and quicker. And it's not only getting the car to handle better, it was getting uh, like the fuel system. And that's what we've been working on is getting the fuel system to work better and run more efficient and getting the rust knocked off my back. It's it's kind of been getting the band back together. It sounds like. Yes. Yeah. We always work get to, uh, great together in the past, and we still work great together. We just we love it. We have a lot of fun together. Where where did racing start for you? Was it was it go karts locally, and, and then traveled some? Where where did everything get started, or who was well, that influencer? Well, well, racing didn't run in my family. Uh, my grandfather had a machine shop and he used to build engines for uh, people that raced at Waterloo racetrack. And he used to be the tech inspector. And my father never really got into racing. He, he just watching the trees at, at Waterloo. And uh, I had a paper out when I was little. And when I was on a paper out, this one guy that his two kids raced, he had uh, one for sale. So I went home, grabbed some money, and came back and bought his go-kart for $30, and that's what started our racing. Oh, wow. That's awesome. And, that, and then my dad got into it more and more and more. And once that went, that's, uh, that's what started this whole thing. But so, it, it, it really, it wasn't a, I would have loved to have been a second-generation driver, but it, we're just fortunate enough to have, uh, have what we had. <laughs> How about the transition to sprint cars back in the day? Um, how how did all of that go go about? Well, we were racing out to Paradise, and Scott Stackus, he owned, 
modified teams. He used to drive himself, but at the time, I think he had Johnny Vidalic driving for him. And he started, he came out to the go-kart races a couple of weeks in a row. And he asked my father if, uh, if I'd be interested in racing a sprint car. And I said, I didn't even, and my dad said, well, you're going to have to ask him. And I didn't even know what a sprint car was, to be honest with you. I never went to a sprint car race or anything. So he took, uh, he took me and Mike down to Seals Grove that next night to watch a race. And that was back when Wolfgang was driving for Weicker and uh, he won. And then I Stackus looked at me, says, well, you think you can do it? I said, yeah, I can do it. So the following week we went out to Knoxville and we bought a car off of Gil Suter and a motor, the Knoxville Nationals. And uh, at the time, Rocky Hodges was driving for him. So we came home and about two weeks later, we went and raced the Seals Grove. First race, we ran the go-karts on Friday nights and then we went down the Seals Grove and raced on Saturday nights. Awesome. It, it was, uh, it was an all-star race. I can, I mean, it's amazing how you can remember things from way back then, but I can't remember what I had for lunch today, but, <laughs> but it, it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, you, you had, you, you know, then you, you race, you know, locally with ESS and, and then, you know, at the, at the end, end of your career, they get the, you know, ESS hall of fame started up and you get inducted into a class there, um, that I, I, I bring that up for two points. One that had to be, that had to feel like quite an accomplishment to be recognized, you know, by, you know, that series and, and your peers that way. But at the same time with that honor and accolade did at that point in time, did you feel like the, 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 the helmet was hung up on the wall for the last time? Oh, absolutely. I never thought I'd get back into it. And uh, it was a couple of years, I think. At, well, no, it was before. I can't remember if it was before that or after that. Well, it was 2015 that I, Chuck Zach called me up. And he was a, when I went to Seals Grove with Stackus to watch my first race, Chuck Zach owned a car way back then, or his father. And that was the first sprint car that I ever seen was at 3Z. And. In 2015, he called me up and just asked me if I wanted to drive his car. So I did, and I I enjoyed it, and we started doing really well with it, and the season ended. But I didn't want to continue the next year because I guess it was all the travel time, going down to Seals Grove every Saturday night. Yeah. I, I did that for plenty of years. But getting inducted into the Hall of Fame with ESS was it was a great honor. I mean, I wish I could have ran – more full seasons with the ESS, but we only ran like three complete seasons with them. And, uh, I wish we could have ran the season or the years that we did run with them. I wish we could have ran every race, but don't do the finances. And then I started driving for old pot or then we could start running a little bit more, but, uh, finances kept us from running the whole season. Gotcha. So let's go back to Saturday. Uh, you're, you're out in the, in the makeup feature and, you know, after, after 20 laps at Canandaigua, you come home with the checkered flag and you certainly didn't get very long to celebrate because you guys got to get the car ready and turn back around, to to get ready for the heat race. So 
I'm sure people were congratulating you, but at the same time, everybody had to focus forward on, on the regularly scheduled show. Yeah, we talked about that beforehand, me and Mike and uh, Charlie, and we knew we'd have our hands full jumping from, you know, the makeup feature to the heat and getting everything ready and changing it over and putting our heat set up in and then jumping back and putting the feature set up back in. But yeah, we were, everybody worked hard that night. So everybody was in the same boat as me and uh, it worked out really well, but I wish we, yeah, it would have been nice to celebrate a little bit more. Well then later on you, you get, you know, the, the sweep for the night, you, you win the regularly scheduled show and it just makes it puts a, an exclamation point on and what had already been a great day for you guys. And, and now you come home with two. I mean, that that was after after a great battle with Daryl Ruggles. And I don't want to bury the, the battle in, in, in the headline there, but that that was just an awesome race. Well, yeah, it was exciting. And uh, I kind of messed up at the beginning of the race. I got together with another car. And uh, it was just close quarters down there, bumped them and pretty much spun out, spun around. And so I got put in the back a little bit and I thought, well, we don't have a few cautions. This is going to be a little tough. But uh, luckily, everything worked out. We had a few cautions and it got me a little closer to the front each time. What was what was Tom's reaction? Well, when I called him, it was the only time I called him was we ended up getting tech that night. And uh I had no idea his motor was sealed uh, a few years ago because his motor hasn't been apart in a long time. And we didn't know who sealed it. And uh, I guess we're, we're getting questioned on who sealed our motor. So I guess uh, I had to call Tommy up. He was on vacation. And I told him we won again. He was excited, obviously. <laughs> and then, yeah. uh, he told me that uh, Mike Van Dusen uh, sealed our motor. So that kind of helped us out a little or helped me out that night. Sure. Well, you've, you've got all of the, the awesome things that happened on Saturday now come to today. And, and I'm not sure at the time that we're recording this here, I'm not sure if you've seen it yet or not, but uh, your story got shared on, on a national sprint car program today with Steve Post and Aaron Evernham used to be Aaron Crocker. They were talking about Bobby Perro on Wing Nation today, which was was pretty awesome. I'm not sure if you've seen it yet. No, I haven't seen it. No. <laughs> well, take um, wait, when you get a chance here, and, and I, this is funny. I should have sent you this link before we did the interview, but this makes it kind of funny now. Um, on the Land of Legends Facebook page, we shared the uh, video in the in the mark, the time mark where where they started talking about it. But it was just so cool because their their show is a national uh, sprint car show talking about mainly 410 sprint cars. That's what they usually highlight and focus on. But this week, today, they were sharing your story about, you know, last ESS win in 1999. And, you know, 7,600 plus days later, you're in 305 sprint victory lane. And and uh, it was just it was cool to see them share the story about somebody locally here and sharing that story on the national stage. So you'll, you'll get a, you'll get a kick out of that. That was pretty cool. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I remember back in the day when Aaron was running for, I ran with Aaron when she was running for Woodring. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Awesome, man. Nice. 
That's well, pretty cool. It is. It is. It's, it's, it's cool to see, you know, like I said, our local guys and, and I can't tell you how many people have commented or sent the track an inbox message talking about, you know, sharing their favorite Bobby Perro story over the years after seeing you pick up the win over the weekend. And, and it just, it's, it's really cool. I mean, it's just, and like I said, myself as a young guy who raced go-karts there when, when, when the three sixties were running at paradise and, and, you know, following ESS a little bit locally, you know, paradise and Dundee and things like that. I mean, it was, uh, I, I shared with somebody after the races were over that night, I said, I got to tell you, you know, the show Saturday was very fast paced because we had a lot to get in that night, but it was hard not to get a little nostalgic because it was just like, man, this is so cool. Like th- this is one of those races where it's like, you're, you, I will, I will always remember being there the night that Bobby Perro went back to victory lane. So, and it was, uh, <laughs> it was, it was a lot of fun, man. And it was fun to see you guys, enjoy that, uh, enjoy that moment. And I hope that, you know, even on vacation, Tom enjoys it too. And, uh, you know, it's, um, it's been a lot of fun to, to share that story and, and see it, you know, even on the national level was kind of cool today. So. Right. Congratulations, right. Well, man. Well, thank you. You know, you just sit there and you think about it. Uh, I mean, back when I stopped racing, I know I was a little bit, I, I felt like I was at the peak of my career, but I had, um, at the time I stopped, I had a couple children, I started a business and that's the main reason I had to step away. And I sat around, uh, for obviously 20 years and it never gets out of your blood. It never gets out of your mind. Everybody, you always have people come in and ask you if you miss racing or if you're ever going to do it again. And I always said, you know, I don't know, but I guess the right opportunity came along because I didn't want to get into into traveling anymore sure and when Tommy asked me I thought yeah I'm gonna I'll give it a shot (laughs) well I'm sure you're glad you did now right oh yeah it's a lot (laughs) of fun I'm really enjoying myself and like I said what really makes me feel good is the the guys that are helping me that always helped me along the way that you know we we did well when they ran and or when we ran together and now that we're all back together again we're doing we're starting to, to get a little bit better again so hopefully we can keep this up and be consistent with it, and we'll see how it goes. Well, we wish you a lot of luck the rest of the way here. We we've still got some shows left here in this. Yeah, it's it's been a an odd season to say the least. I mean, we've been fortunate to continue to be on track, and and now back to not having fans, which has been unfortunate. But um, you, you know, it's uh, it was great to see you guys have a great run for for that team and. And for you and your crew and everything, that was, that was a lot of fun. Tell us about some of the folks that uh, I know you've got some great partners on the, on the side of the car that helped make it work. And, and, and Tom is, is the car owner. Tell us about the, the folks that are helping out with the effort. Well, Tommy's always been, he's got a, he's got a soft spot in his heart for their uh, wings of cystic fibrosis. And uh, Dave Rouser helps us out. We use a shop, his race shop and, that is a huge benefit for us because uh, he has a, a really nice race shop that we get to work out of. Awesome. Good deal, man. Well, again, congratulations. We appreciate you joining us here uh, on uh, Where Legends Are Made, our, our podcast here for the track. And uh, we're going to get to share the story and uh, let some of the uh, 
race fans that follow us on social media, they'll get to reminisce on some of their favorite stories while they listen to this. So we appreciate your time. Oh, great. I, I really, uh, I, I thank you for reaching out to me and uh, giving me a little bit of time. Absolutely. Well, folks, there's Bobby Perro, uh, first of our double feature, a main interviews of the week. Stay tuned. When we come back, we're going to hear from our second of our double feature, a main interviews. Stick around. We're going to talk to Guild Tech next here on where legends are made. Land of Legends Raceway fans, tune in each and every week of the racing season to Where Legends Are Made, a podcast dedicated to covering the drama, excitement, and hear from the drivers from your favorite dirt track. Stephen Ovens and Brad Ovens walk you through the week that was Where Legends Are Made. Subscribe on Apple or Google Podcasts and visit landoflegendspodcast.com. Fans of Land of Legends Raceway and the Where Legends Are Made podcast, We've got a great opportunity for you to feature your business. We have opportunities here to sponsor where legends are made. We have all different features of the podcast. You can pick to be a sponsor of one of our heat races. Maybe you want your business name attached to the top 10 read-offs for the week. Maybe you want your business to be the one that's heard when we play our highlight of the week. Maybe you're a history buff. You want to sponsor heat three where we talk about this week in Land of Legends Raceway history. Maybe you want to be the A main sponsor. So when we interview our main driver of the week, you want to get your business out in front of that. We've got plenty of opportunities for you to do so, and we can work inside of any budget. And believe me, if you're listening to this and you're saying, oh, I don't think my business has the advertising budget to sponsor a podcast, believe me, we can fit inside of anybody's advertising budget. Get your business a little bit of advertising here on where legends are made. Contact us right here on the Land of Legends Raceway Facebook page if you're interested and put your business in front of all of our fans where legends are made. By the grace of God and 800 horsepower, it's time for the A-Main interview of the week. Our second A-Main interview is with Gil Tegg, who first won a big block modified feature back in June of 1996, winning a big race over Alan Johnson, turned to 2020, and he picks up his fourth big block modified win again over Alan Johnson. We had double features on Saturday night, so we decided this week we're going to have double features with A-Main interviews tonight. And uh, our second A-Main interview of the week, man, what a night he had on Saturday night. Gets the 22G to victory lane in the nightcap. Gil Tech Jr. joins us from his uh, his place in Rochester. And he was just telling me that uh, him and his dad took the Sea-Doo's uh, out for uh, their maiden voyage, Gil. Uh, I, I imagine after we're done here, you're probably going to be hitting the aloe. Yeah. A uh, little war out. And then uh, to make things worse, my dad came by me and got me soap about 35 miles an hour. So I got a little chuckle out of that. He's still, he's 71, but he, he was, he came zooming by and it was, it was a good time. We just hung out for a couple hours on Canisius Lake and looked at our old cottage and visited a friend. And it's a good day. Awesome. Awesome. Well, speaking of good days, you guys had a, you guys had a good night on Saturday night. Uh, tell us, tell us about your run. I mean, you get, you get back to victory lane for the first time since 2016 and 
that car in the nightcap just looked flawless on Saturday night. Yeah, it was, uh, I don't know. We just hit on something and the, the track was track was awesome. Probably the best it's been all year. And it's, it's ironic. Cause you know, in the first feature it was, it wasn't so good, but, uh, you know, we, we managed to get through that unscathed and, uh, we changed a couple things and went out in our heat and we won that, but the car, you know what? It didn't feel, it felt like probably most of the, the cars feel at the end of the feature, at the end of the night, it kind of felt like it was a little too loose. So we, we, we tightened it up a little bit and um, just a couple little minor changes. And it was like, just woke the car right up. And it, it's the same car I won with four years ago on the first night we took the car out. So it's got about 50 races on it, you know, but, um, and it's got the Finger Lakes motor, which we got, we got from Jimmy Phelps. He ended up winning the first feature. So <clears throat> it, it, it was, uh, I mean, everything just, it ran great and it handled great. It was just, <clears throat> it was so nice to, you know, after the race, not have to second guess yourself, you know, wonder if you could have changed the way you were driving or, you know, just because we haven't been running that good. So, you know, when you win, I mean, you, you can't do any better than that. So you look back at the, the race and you still think about some things you could have done differently, but for the most part, you, you pretty much had, uh, I'd say we, I was pretty, pretty much perf near perfect. You know, I made a couple of small mistakes, but, um, when the car is good, it's, it's, it's actually easy. I mean, it, the first feature was probably three times harder to drive than, than the second one, you know, and I ran like 15th. So you're running in the middle of the pack. It's, it's, it's not much fun. You're sliding around and the guys are going by. It's just, it's tough. So to end the night, the way we did was awesome. Absolutely. Did, did you have any indication early in the feature that, man, I, man, we hit on something here. We, we, we've got something good. Or is it hard to feel that way in a 35 lap race? What, you know, because it, 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 35 laps, it's I, I noticed this as an announcer it, at, at Canandaigua anyway, it, it seems like these races are, are long. So do you ever get that feeling early in a race or is it just, you have to wait and see what happens? Well, I mean, the way we've been running this year, uh, I kind of was skeptical. So I didn't really have that feeling. Um, I knew I was faster um, than Derek and, and Eldon, but you know, I didn't start thinking like, oh, we got one here tonight um, until probably um, after a couple restarts. And I had Alan uh, behind me on one of them, you know, and it was a double file start. And we were able to still maintain the lead and, and, and I didn't hear any cars. So then I started thinking, whoa, maybe maybe we're going. And then I, I did notice, you know, the cars, it, it, it seemed like the harder I drove it into three, the better it was. And then the easier. I, the easier I went into to turn one, it seemed better. So I was starting to figure out a pretty good or get a good rhythm. And, and it just, you know, I, then I saw like, I think, you know, we got to like lap. I don't know. I thought I saw the five to go and I said, Oh man, you know, I started getting a little nervous, but I, I said, just, you know, hit your marks. And then when I saw the two to go and I, I just said, you know, 
you just got to get in the corner good and, and, and just don't overdrive it. And we should be all right, you know, and, and down the back stretch with on that final lap, I kind of, kind of was like, okay, I think we got it, you know? And then once you get through three and four, about halfway through, you're, you're pretty much no, you know, you don't hear anything and you don't see a wheel and it's, uh, it's pretty amazing. It, it, it's, you know, I used to run black rock way back in the day outlaw now, and we won quite a few there. So it was, yeah, it was, um, you know, it was a different deal. And now Canadagua, it's, it's, a, I'm not saying outlaw is easy, but, but we just had more success there and Canadagua with the big blocks, it's a tough deal. And, uh, the, the wins are a lot harder to come by. So, uh, to beat those guys, uh, it's pretty awesome. And, um, it's pretty cool. Some of the other, like Randy Kasaki came down and, congratulated us and uh, that was really cool you know i i respect him a ton and for for certain people to come over and acknowledge what you did it's it makes it that much better and um i really appreciated that I feel like that win for you is, is one of those that you see during the course of the season where, yeah, guys like that, that, that have had some success either behind the wheel or turning wrenches. I mean, they leave the track that night saying, you know what, we didn't put it in victory lane tonight, but you know what? It was damn nice to see Gil tech put it in victory lane. Like it, that's what it felt like leaving on Saturday night. Yeah. And I, I got a ton of, um, you know, a ton of people on Facebook made comments and, and that was kind of uh, the theme, you know? Um, and I, I'm one of those guys that I kind of, you know, I like to see an underdog win, you know, in, in any sport. And, um, yeah, I got that feeling that people were glad, you know, people, the way they responded, it, it was pretty neat. And, um, you know, like I said earlier, we, we've struggled you know, quite a bit this year. And, you know, you start doubting sometimes what you're doing and how you're running. And it's just to come out with the win, you know, people might say, Hey, you know, he still got it. And, um, I just, uh, the fact that everyone's very respectful towards our team is, uh, another deal that it's just, it's the racing community's always been really, it's been awesome. And, it's not as tight knit as it was back in the nineties when I started, you know, guys kind of races are over people load up and go back in the nineties. I mean, Steve Schultz used to have a corn roast and he'd bring a keg of beer once a year. And I mean, everyone came over and we, we all had beers and ate corn and talked about racing. And actually we talked about everything and, and you knew some of the other drivers a lot better. And now, unfortunately, now, you, you know, I, there's definitely a handful of drivers that I probably never even talked to at Canadagua, you know, and back in the day, I, I, you know, pretty much good and bad talked to everyone. <laughs> so it, it's just a different deal, but it, it makes it, you know, when you see all the comments coming through on Facebook, uh, it kind of reminds me of the old, the old days. So it, it was, it was pretty neat. You, you talked about, you know, some of the struggles and, you know, last year, you know, the, the engine woes this year, one, you know, second race out, I think it was. And, and you talk about, you know, that, that struggle and, and 
I remember seeing the video with, with Doug talking to you that night that it happened. And I thought, man, that has got to be one of the lowest things that you can feel in the sport. How I think the fans would appreciate kind of getting in the driver's mindset about this. How do you take those struggles? How do you push through that? How do you go back to the shop that night and say, you know what, we're going to do what we got to do and we're going to go get them next week. How, how do you push through there? Well, fortunately we, we did have a spare car and a, another motor, you know, last year we didn't have, that wasn't the case. So that helped, but, um, the motor we blew up was, you know, it was a motor that, that Billy Campbell put together and then Betsy freshened it. Um, a couple of years later and the thing ran great for two years. And, you know, I can count on probably one hand, the amount of engine failures we've had, especially to that degree. Um, so, you know, I, I didn't lose any faith in Betsy. You know, we tried to, we were trying to figure out what went wrong. So you go home and the first thing you try to do is, you know, what went wrong and you, you get the motor apart and, um, and then you go from there and then, you know, it, it's tough because these motors nowadays are, are really expensive. Um, and we took out a lot of stuff out of that motor that, you know, was junk. So it's, it's still, um, now we're, you know, we got a new block coming and everything's coming in new crank and all this stuff. And now we're to the point where you really don't think about it because you just got to keep pushing forward to get it back together. And then uh, back in the car, well, we're going to do a 358 deal. We got a motor being fresh. And my old outlaw, I, the motor I ran at BlackRock years ago, we're putting spec heads on that. So, you know, we got so much going on that it kind of takes away. You, you don't have time to necessarily, you think about it for about a week and then you move on. It's, it's kind of like this win. Um, Thursday when I get there, you know, that'll probably be uh, ancient history. You know, it's like <laughs> next race, yeah. you know, and, and, and it's, it's tough at Canandaigua. So you, you know, you go out, I think when I won with this car four years ago, I went out the next week and I think I finished like 16th. So it was a kick. It was like uh, a real kick in the butt. Like one week you win the next week you're, uh, you're, you know, maybe getting lapped. So it, it's a, it's a sport that you gotta, you gotta have thick skin and you, you know, fortunately we got some decent money coming in right now. We're one of the businesses with the COVID deal that we're doing really well. You know, I feel for the businesses that aren't so, so money is a little bit better right now. So that helped, that definitely helped our cause and to get through this, that engine failure. Um, but. Uh, it's a tough deal. It's, uh, you got people, you know, you got people coming at you from a lot of different directions starting to ask you, you know, what's going on here? You know, you had a motor problem the year before and then, you know, and you get the, the negative people that they always, you know, why, why don't you change engine, engine builders? And, you know, they don't know the whole story. And, um, yeah. So you got to go through that end of it. You know, you, then you start, you know, it's in the back of your mind, like, man, maybe, but, I, but with Betsy, um, I never doubted the, uh, 
her capability and the experience she has and, and the motor we won with this past Saturday, she put, put back together last year when we had an issue with it. So, um, we're, uh, we're, we're just moving forward and, uh, awesome. Now we just try to, you know, we try to ease the pain a little bit. Like this, this money we took in from the win is a huge deal because that can go right, right back towards that bill on the motor, you know? So yeah. we just try to try to make every little penny, you know, we just try to take in as much money as we can on a weekly basis and not spend, try to spend as little as possible, but right. I mean that the win Saturday's got to feel. I mean we're we're now you know almost mid August, but that's got to feel like a, a good reset for you guys here for these last few shows we got coming up. Oh man, it's like it's awesome. I mean it it basically made a um, pretty mediocre season. Um, just it puts an asterisk on it. It's like basically made our season. You know, as long as we. We we remain competitive the next five six races or how many races we we end up racing the rest of the year. Um, it just now we look back, you know, at the banquet and we'll be yeah we got we got a win yeah. So it's it's huge. Um, I mean I I would I don't I I would hate to uh, run my next four or five races and not not be um, a legitimate top ten. Um, uh, you know, run in the the top 10, you know, I, to go out and get another win would be phenomenal, but realistically, you know, we just want to, we kind of try to shoot for the top tens, you know, and then, then if we got the car, we try to, you know, we'll top five, you know, we, we just, we're very, I'm very realistic about the deal because you're, you're running against guys that are running two, three nights a week, even during this COVID um, situation. And I'm, I'm running once a week at best, you know, I don't know the, the numbers, but I got to think maybe this is my eighth or ninth race this year. You know, I could be off a couple, but I mean, there's guys that have run eight or nine races in the last probably two and a half, three weeks. So sure. Well, I so mean, look, look at the, look at the four cars behind you in the top five that, that you beat on Saturday night, Alan Johnson, Larry White, Eric Rudolph, Billy Dunn. I mean, yep. you're, you're in pretty damn good company there. <laughs> yeah. Those guys, they, they're, they're, uh, they got their, their cars going really well. They're always good. I mean, they, they don't have many off nights, you know? Yeah. Um, and those guys go everywhere and run good. It's not like they just run good at Canada. Well, you know, it, it, like I tell, I tell a lot of people, I said, if you take the top 10 at Canada, well, you could almost pretty much say that that would be the top 15 of any series race. I could honestly, I believe that yeah. more or less that nine or 10 guys in our top 10 would be in the top 15 of any of the super dirt car races. So um, they run good everywhere and they got good equipment and, and you know what? They're, they're, they're good drivers. They, they don't run you dirty and, it's, it's fun. It, it is, it is fun racing with, with those guys. And, you know, you might not get the, the, the finishes up front as much, but to race with that caliber of drivers, it's, it makes it all worth, worth that much more because it's, it's just, they're, they're, they're going all over the place. And they're, I mean, they, 
they're driving. Some of them are even hopping in sprint cars and late models with, you know, Larry a little bit. I mean, it's, they're, they're, they're no joke. Yeah. You talked about, you know, some of your earlier days and, and, and actually I, when, when I looked at the, the record books under one of the yellows, uh, Saturday night, uh, I, I saw that the first win for you came in the mid to late nineties. Um, I remember, you know, my, my first, uh, my first introduction to, to you racing were those years at, at black rock and, and running some down at Woodhall. Um, I, I think at that time, I think you were driving for skip at that time. And yes. Yep. So that, that was, that was a big deal because it kind of got me back um, re-energized because I started running pretty good. Um, and, you know, we got some wins and it just, it was like a, a second win. You know, there, there was a time where I didn't see myself maybe racing uh, more than a couple more years. You know what I mean? It was like, yeah. oh, I'm going to race a couple more. And then all of a sudden it just, we got through, through that. And it was like, okay, we're, we're in this for the long haul. You know, it's just something my dad and I do. And, um, you know, sometimes it's not so much fun, you know, it's, it's, we'll ride home and, you know, the conversations aren't very good, but last weekend, ironically, he didn't drive with me in the truck and trailer. He drove separate, which (laughs) he hasn't done that. And probably I don't remember the last time. So so the ride home was just one of my crew guys and I, but, um, but the, you know, that this past week was awesome. And those are the nights that you, you'll remember forever. And, um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's a, it's a good deal. And like today, my dad and I were cruising around on those sea dues and it was, uh, it was pretty neat. Like you don't think about it much, but those are the times that just, I don't know, it's pretty we had a great time and we were, you know, I was laughing about him splashing me and, and then just this week with the race deal, it's, it's been a pretty good couple of days. Awesome. Well, I, I know you talked in Doug's interview about some of the folks, you know, back home that are always wishing you well and stuff. And, and I imagine that's, it's been a good week for that too. So, uh, that's, I, I just, I, I thought it was, uh, it was quite a night, you know, it, it was, it was, it was great to see you guys uh, put one on the board. And, and, and like you said, you know, um, I, I, I also enjoy the story of, you know, and not so much, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I look at it as much as the underdog as it's a, you just appreciate somebody that, that puts so much effort and, and puts, you know, the, all this time and effort and, and, and the dollars certainly that it takes to do this stuff and, you know, to see you guys have that night. And, and, you know, like you said, you know, the, for some of the times that you've looked and said, I, you, where you second guess yourself or you say, well, what are we doing here or whatever, you know, it's, it's, it's just, it's cool to, to see guys. And, and, you know, we, we talked to Bobby Perro earlier in the program tonight. He was another guy, you know, he hasn't, had a checkered flag in 21 years and, and he was stepped away from the sport during that time. But, um, I mean, man, we were not short for those kind of stories on Saturday. It was pretty cool. It's, it's cool. I, I actually raced, he ran a modified at uh, Blackrock for a year or two and and we raced against him. So, 
Um, I was, I was glad to see he won and, uh, it was pretty neat. I, someone told me, I saw one of the guys do a 360 and a caution never came out. I, I don't know if it was him. Someone yes, said it was. was. Yeah. And we, I saw it. I was watching the race and I said, <laughs> Holy cow. He just drove, drove out of that. But, and then when they said he won, I said, geez. Um, <laughs> but, uh, one, one thing that's kind of, kind of cool too, about Saturday, my first win back in nine, I think 96. Yeah. It's funny because Alan was second that night and I had a restart with four to go. Oh, and, and then same deal. I knew, you know, I knew who was behind me and it was yeah. like same thing this past Saturday. It's like, um, that's one guy, you know, he doesn't win like he used to, but that's one guy that, uh, he's very smooth. So yeah. if you make a mistake, he's going to get by you. So that it's just, he's, you just don't want to mess up when he's there. Cause he will pounce on you. So yeah, it, it was just kind of funny. I said, man, two out of my four wins there. Uh, Alan's been right on my back bumper, you know? Well, you'll have to remind him of that on, on Thursday night, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. He's, I like Alan. I, like I say, I, I pretty much like all the guys, but uh, he's, you know, I've been racing with him for since 91. So uh, yeah, we're kind of like, I, I hate to say it, but I, I'm not the young guy anymore. It's, it's pretty sad. I'm, I'm going to be 50 next year. So it's, uh, well, I don't know, man. We're, 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 I think we could call you a young guy out there cruising the sea dews on the water, man. <laughs> well, when I saw my dad go by me, I, I just, I laughed so hard because, you know, I thought he was just going to be kind of, you know, just, careful, cautious, whatever you want to say. And next thing you know, he goes zinging by me and soaks me. I don't even think he did it on purpose, but, (laughs) and, uh, it was, it was fun. It was nice to see him, you know, throttle down and, uh, yeah. Well, man, congratulations again on, on, on the win Saturday. That was, that was just awesome. Um, and, and, you know, Good, good luck to you guys on Thursday. Uh, I do want to give you a chance though. I mean, you've talked about some of the folks and, and, you know, and your dad with the team and stuff. Tell us about some of the folks that help make the the whole effort uh, possible. Yeah, definitely. We, we got a uh, and G food service and um, Mike Yar photographies does all kinds of weddings and stuff. Um, I got um, obviously my dad, Giltegs mobile. And, uh, my sister at all star pizza, she, she, uh, takes care of us with food and stuff. And, um, I'm just trying, I, I, I know, uh, I got, um, my powder, oh, Leland powder coat, powder coating. He does all my, you know, bumpers, sidebars. So every, every little bit helps, you know, it's, uh, it's a team effort and, you know, with the crew, same deal there. I mean, without my crew, I wouldn't be out there. I got my dad and, and Marianne and then uh, Jeremy Sibold and Norm Thompson and Brian Pepper. So we got a, a great group of guys. And, you know, when we're not running, well, I, I always say we, you know, but I'm the guy in the car. But um, when I'm not running all that well, you know, those guys are still plugging away and grinding tires. And I mean, they're they're, you know, sweating, it's 90 to, you know, whatever it's hot. And, you know, those guys are always positive and, uh, 
it's it's just great to have a group of guys like that because you don't you're you're not always going to win you know you're going to have tough nights and when you you got to have uh the team all clicking on you know everyone's got to be working together and and fight through some of the tough nights and and then hopefully you get rewarded like we did last Saturday with with a good night so those guys have been strong all year that's what makes the world go around Yep. <laughs> awesome, man. Great job again this past weekend. Good luck to you on Thursday. And we appreciate your time to uh, give us some time to, to, you know, spread the message a bit and, uh, and talk about your experience with the fans. And we've, uh, we've been gaining listenership here with the podcast. And I know this week's going to be a, a real popular one. So we appreciate the time as always. Yeah. I, I thank you guys. I mean, um, it's amazing the exposure we get out of things like this and it's great for our sport. And I actually it, it really enjoyed doing this, you know, just talking about it um a little bit more and, and and you know, you got you asking the questions and it's pretty neat, you know, just to try to get the fans, you know, let them know how we're feeling and and what things I like you said, you know, you know, some of the questions you asked, it's it's it's, it's a cool thing for the fans to know some of that stuff. So absolutely, it, it helps the sport tremendously. Absolutely. Well, folks, that's Gil Tag, our A-Main interview of the week, coming off a win this past Saturday at the Land of Legends. He'll try to do it again here on Thursday night for the Honey Eye Auto Parts 40, 40 laps, $4,000 to win for the big blocks. And, uh, you will see his 22G in the field there on Thursday night. Gil, appreciate it again, man. Yep, thank you. All right, folks, stay tuned. On the other side of this break, we are going to have the Dash for Cash, your opportunity to win some Land of Legends swag. Stay tuned. You're listening to Where Legends Are Made. Land of Legends Raceway fans, tune in each and every week of the racing season to Where Legends Are Made, a podcast dedicated to covering the drama, excitement, and hear from the drivers from your favorite dirt track. Stephen Ovens and Brad Ovens walk you through the week that was Where Legends Are Made. Subscribe on Apple or Google Podcasts and visit landoflegendspodcast.com. Fans of Land of Legends Raceway and the Where Legends Are Made podcast, We've got a great opportunity for you to feature your business. We have opportunities here to sponsor where legends are made. We have all different features of the podcast. You can pick to be a sponsor of one of our heat races. Maybe you want your business name attached to the top 10 read-offs for the week. Maybe you want your business to be the one that's heard when we play our highlight of the week. Maybe you're a history buff. You want to sponsor heat with three where we talk about this week in Land of Legends Raceway history. Maybe you want to be the A-Main sponsor. So when we interview our main driver of the week, you want to get your business out in front of that. We've got plenty of opportunities for you to do so, and we can work inside of any budget. And believe me, if you're listening to this and you're saying, oh, I don't think my business has the advertising budget to sponsor a podcast, believe me, we can fit inside of anybody's advertising budget get your business a little bit of advertising here on where legends are made contact us right here on the land of legends raceway facebook page if you're interested and put your business in front of all of our fans where legends are made land of legends fans want to win some swag listen up for this week's dash for cash 
That's right, race fans. It's our closing segment here on uh, episode five for Where Legends Are Made. And it's our Dash for Cash segment where you, the fans, and our great listeners here on the podcast get an opportunity to take home a great prize from Land of Legends Raceway, some of our sponsors, race teams, whatever it is that we've got dialed up for you. And this week, we've got a cool prize dialed up for you. We've got a Land of Legends Raceway hat and t-shirt to give away. It's a hat and t-shirt combo uh, from our apparel booth at the Land of Legends. And if you are the winner and you're not are in the local area that we can deliver, we'd be happy to mail that out to you. Uh, so it's simple. All you have to do is share the video here on Facebook. So if you're listening to us on your mobile device, if you're uh, listening on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, uh, simply go over to the Facebook page and share episode five of Where Legends Are Made. And all of the shares that we gather, we will draw a winner uh, by Monday morning. We'll have a winner for you on uh, this week's Dash for Cash. It's for a Land of Legends Raceway hat and t-shirt, courtesy of Land of Legends Raceway. And Brad, that's going to wrap up uh, episode number five. I'm telling you, I, I, I kind of teased this on Facebook. Bobby Perro, Guild Tag, they did not disappoint. Uh, awesome interviews from two great guys in our pit area. And, and this is exactly why, one of the reasons why we wanted to do a podcast for this racetrack, because there are so many great people and great stories in the pit area. And this is such a great vehicle to be able to share that. 100%. You know, uh, I alluded to it earlier, you know, this past Saturday was just one of those Saturdays you go to the track and you walk away feeling you felt good. You know, it wasn't just a, a repeat of weeks past. It was something new, something fresh and, and something that I wasn't expecting. No, no. I, I'm sure a lot of people weren't expecting. So that'll do it here for episode number five. We appreciate everybody's time listening in and be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts as well as on Google Podcasts so that you get notifications uh, when we post new content. And also don't forget to download the Land of Legends Raceway app on Apple, the Apple App Store as well as uh, Google Play Store uh, so that you can have access to all the great information here uh, on the Land of Legends app. That's going to do it for us on behalf of uh, Brad Ovens, our executive producer here with Where Legends Are Made podcast. My name is Steve Ovens, the voice of the Land of Legends, saying thank you for tuning in, and we will see you at the racetrack. Land of Legends Raceway fans, tune in each and every week of the racing season to Where Legends Are Made, a podcast dedicated to covering the drama, excitement, and hear from the drivers from your favorite dirt track. Stephen Ovens and Brad Ovens walk you through the week that was Where Legends Are Made. Subscribe on Apple or Google Podcasts and visit landoflegendspodcast.com.